Hello everyone, hope everyone is doing super well and that your May vibes are simply immaculate. Uh, I know that Boba is currently undergoing a shortage, which is unfortunate, uh, but you know, we'll get through it. More on that on a later video. Do you guys want to see that? I don't know. Let me know. Anyway, um, like and subscribe to the video, by the way, if you're on YouTube, hit the follow button on Spotify, shameless plug, hee hee. Um, anyway, this is always my favorite time of the year, knowing that school will be over soon and that the weather is at its peak of not being super hot, but not being cold either. So it's great and your boy can't complain, um, but he can bitch about calculus. So fuck calculus. Anyway, I don't know how many of you saw the little teaser Instagram story that I put out earlier this week, but this is a podcast I've been looking forward to for a very long time and one that is super exciting and I can't wait for you all to see. This week, I got the chance to chat with Varun Ra, who is one of the OG Indian American ballers that made it, meaning that he was one of only a few Indian American players or players of Indian descent who got to compete at the highest of levels in the NCAA. His but his story is one that is super inspiring and one that goes through a lot of ups and downs, which leads me to my essential question of the day. Can basketball dreams come true? We talk about all sorts of things in regards to Varun's story, from the beginnings to high school ball through Division Three, and staying hopeful and confident the whole time even though everything seemed to be working against him. Even if you don't know basketball all that well, this is a great chat because it really focuses on a theme of hard work, perseverance, and reaching your ultimate goals. I hope you guys enjoy this interview. So without further ado, introducing Varun Ram. Cue it up. Coming to you live from my parents' house, we got episode 21 of the Essential Question podcast. And today, I'm honored to be joined by the OG Brown Baller himself, Vern Rom. How's it going, man? Hey, it's, it's great. Great great to meet you. Um, so I'm happy to be on. Thanks for reaching out and excited to, to do this. Yeah, of course. Well, for those of you that don't know, well, Vern's going to explain his whole story because it's pretty freaking crazy. But the essential question that we have today is, can basketball dreams really come true? And well, I guess in short, the answer is yes, because Vern is sitting right here. Um, but yeah, like, how's it going? What, what have you been up to recently? It's good, man. I mean, I mean, all things considered with the, uh, you know, the pandemic and, and everything that's going on. I mean, in India, family in India, it's like, you know, things are going oh, you know, pretty well as, as well as they yeah. can. And, Hopefully there's light at the end of the tunnel, um, you know, you know, folks are getting vaccinated. So, you know, that all things considered, things are going really well. I uh, um, have been working remote. So, you know, working remote, finding ways to stay in shape, which has just been ingrained in me from a, from a young age, still yeah. you know, uh, hooping when I can. And uh, no, all, th all things are well. Um, That's good. Good to hear. Are you still just like, do you play pickup casually now? Like now that you have more time, maybe like just to blow off steam, just like go out and shoot hoops? Oh, absolutely. It's, 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 yeah, it's like, I, that's, I'm always going to be playing pickup. And I yeah. think I was very fortunate to have, uh, like during the, not really in the middle of the pandemic, but towards the end, we had a group of guys that were, um, you know, we were pretty close knit and we were, you know, pretty careful about how we, um, how we went about our lives. So we, we had like a core group of guys that would play pickup regularly outside. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, again, it was, it was just something that I think we all needed to do for our mental health. Um, and it's for something, sure. that, you know, all of us grow up playing basketball and, um, it's just like a, a great way to to stay in shape, but also like 
you know, you know, socialize, you know, in a safe, relatively, you know, safe way. And, and uh, now, yeah, hooping is like, I still like, I'll still go and like work on my game as if like I'm getting ready for a season. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that'll never leave me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, once a baller, always a baller, I guess. Right. Do <laughs> you want to uh, kind of give like the two sentence summary as to who you are? Cause people are probably really confused why we're talking about basketball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, um, so I grew up in, in, uh, in Maryland. Um, I, my dream was, I don't know, this is not maybe two second, two sentence, but like maybe like oh, one yeah. minute summary. Oh, yeah. So I, uh, my dream was to play, um, play college, but I wanted to play in the Ivy league. Um, for me, you know, like growing up, like academics was very important. It was instilled to me in a young age, like a lot of, you know, brown, you know, brown family, <laughs> yeah, so, sure. brown, brown children. So I, you know, I took that upon myself. I wanted to do well in academics, but I also had this like weird dream of playing basketball that like was not fostered by my parents at all. Um, you know, it's something that it was just, it was my thing. And, and I was like, what's the best, what's, how can I really like maximize, optimize on both of those things? And for me, like Ivy League basketball was like that thing, right? It was like highest academics and division one basketball, you know, a chance to play in the NCAA tournament. So that was my dream. Um, unfortunately, you know, growing up in the suburbs, being five foot nine and, you know, undersized and, uh, you know, had a lot of things going against me. I didn't get recruited by any of the schools. Um, I was like, OK, well, maybe I'll try to walk uh, get into the schools and walk on. And that didn't happen. I got rejected from every single school on the same day. Like and like all my, my dreams were shattered. And then um, I mean, it's a lot, lot long story, but it eventually ended up going to um, Trinity College for a year after doing a postgraduate. Um, year in Massachusetts and then it was a great great league division three league very competitive um, but then ultimately just made sense to come back home to to my home state go to the mm-hmm. University of Maryland and then you know folks are telling me my basketball career was over you know there's no chance that you you know would ever play on the Maryland basketball team it's a high major at that time we were ACC you know playing the Dukes and the you know, North Carolinas of the world and right. and I was like I completely understand what they were saying but you know I'm just I would you know be remiss if I didn't do everything in my power to even just try to you know make it on the team and um, it was a super, super long journey and roller coaster, but eventually, you know, clawed my way into a walk-on spot, earned a scholarship, uh, got to pl- uh, start a game in my career, play in the NCAA tournament, and uh, play with some amazing players and, and great coaching staff and in front of some amazing fans. I would say, you know, obviously I'm biased, but I think the University of Maryland, um, you know, the Xfinity Center um, is the one of the most premier athletic arenas to ever play um, a sport in. So it was, it was incredible. I've never been out to the Xfinity Center, so maybe I got to come show oh, yeah. myself. But I mean, you basically just summarized the whole podcast there. In a minute, so that was pretty cool. Um, but I was going to ask you, I was like, do you remember kind of the first time you ever picked up a basketball? Like what age and like, how did it feel? Yeah, it was, I, I don't remember exactly, but I remember I had those, I had one of those little tyke hoops, like little mm-hmm. tyke Tyson, little tyke yeah. hoops, like the orange ones. And like in my basement, I think like a family friend got it for, um, for me at a young age and like, he had like jokingly, he was like, like I, I took a shot, like with a little rubber ball. He's like, oh, like you're like Michael Jordan. And I was like, Michael Jordan? <laughs> Me? <laughs> and then I think ever since then, I was, I was like, this is, this is a lot of fun. I would, you know, start to shoot around on that. And then mm-hmm. I, that's where the love of the game really started. Like that little, little, uh, you know, little tykes hoop, that rubber ball. And then um, it was play outside and on like in the cul-de-sac with my friends. And then yeah. I, had, I was lucky enough to have an indoor gym right by my house. And I think that's where I cultivated the love of the game um and uh and and that was like my earliest memory yeah so like how how did that like how does the sport how are you attracted to the sport of basketball like is it like a meditation like because I know a lot of athletes talk about like how they can just like let everything around them escape when they just like are playing the game is it is it like that for you I mean there's so many things that drew me to basketball I mean number one it was just like it was an escape it was kind of like my thing like none of my family friends like you know really played basketball my family obviously they didn't encourage it but it was like one thing that like I did and it was like my thing 
Um, so I kind of, you know, I, I felt like it was like an outlet for me. Um, it was also just like social avenue, like growing up, most of my friends came from basketball. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I think it was a great way, like it just teaches you so many things, like how to interact with people, how to, you know, work hard, uh, you know, toward the skill, how to lose and get back up, you know, how to win with, you know, humility in class. How, like, there's so many things that I, I learned. But I think the, the number one thing I really liked about it was, um, the ability to like to see progress in your game mm -hmm. like I saw like you know if I practice ball handling for you know you know x number if I practice a certain move for you know a couple of days or a couple of weeks or whatever it is I saw improvement and it's really cool to be able to like work on something and see that like one-to-one -one improvement um and, and that kind of inspired me like hey like where how long how far can I take this you know it's like if yeah. I work hard and that was the one thing I prided myself on like I wasn't talented I was so bad I wasn't <laughs> the biggest I wasn't the strongest um but I think like I just prided myself on like working harder than everyone else around me. And I think that's kind of right. what, what helped me. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. Like, you know, so many like kids, cause I grew up like same thing suburbs, you know, a lot of kids just love playing basketball, shooting hoops, but they were like, and I'm six, five. So like, I get, yeah. <laughs> I get crapped on all the time. They're all like, dude, if I had your height, dude, I'd be at Duke, like balling on guys. And I'm like, bruh, come on now. Like, <laughs> it's easy to say. It's yeah. easy to say. I know. Yeah. Right. I, I don't know. Okay. But like, like definitely uncoordination comes with like tall people. It's just a fact, sure. especially like when you're younger. Um, but like, yeah. So I was, I'm six, five and I, I get crapped on and I'm like, you know, I'm like, no, and it's funny you say that. Cause like, it's definitely not easy. Like when you like, especially if you like are tall to your point, when you're younger, that yeah. coordination is so hard to, to, to get. Um, it's almost like the, the folks like the, like the Michael Carter Williams or like the, the guys that are like, you know, point guards growing up. And then they had this, like, or Anthony Davis, and they have this like growth spurt in like high school or college. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're like six, five or seven feet tall. Like those are the guys that have like the best advantage. Cause I like, learn all the ball handling skills. Like, right? it's, like, yeah. And then they get tall and long. Yeah. And it's like, that's like unfair. Like Kevin Durant. I mean, he was <laughs> yeah. like, no, like the thing I've always had this theory, right? Cause like usually like guys who are like six, five, six, six, like growing up in like the kind of these like suburban neighborhoods, they're the tallest kid on the block. So like they're forced to play like center power <laughs> forward. And then like, when you get to like the higher leagues, like they're like play, like that's an average height of a point guard. So it's like, I don't know how to handle the ball anymore. Play. You're so, telling me you got, I got to bring the ball up the court? Yeah, I've never like, my time. yeah, I've never, I've never handled the ball. Like all I do is just put it in the hoop. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's always a theory I've had. That's why we don't get more, you know, setters, verbs, I guess. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, so like who were, cause I know like we all had our players that we would try to like emulate growing up, you know, the classic Kobe, you know, and try to throw the thing into the trash. Yeah. Uh, so like, who are some, who are some of the players and athletes that you kind of looked up to and imitated as a kid, so to speak, when you were uh, yeah. first exposed to basketball? Yeah. Well, funny enough, Kobe was not one of those guys. Like the one thing I, I resonated about, about with Kobe was just his work ethic and his relentless spirit to win. Like, I thought that was cool, but like, I, it's hard, like as a little Indian boy to like relate to someone that's like big, strong athlete, like even right. Jordan, like, those guys. So like, I really enjoyed watching like Nate Robinson, obviously, mm -hmm. um, you know, like, you know, watching highlights of Muggsy Bowes, like the little guys. Um, you know, Spud Webb, Earl Boykins, like those guys that, you know, yeah. people really remember it. But then also, I really like Steve Nash. Like I was, I grew up watching like the Phoenix Suns with him, like Roger Bell, Amari Stoudemire. Um, I don't know if you remember those teams. Yeah, uh, yeah of course. <laughs> but they were, uh, they were, I mean, I, and Steve Nash, like, you know, they would always talk about the announcers who were like, oh, he's not the most athletic. He's not the, you know, biggest and strongest. But like, yeah. he was just so skilled and so smart in the way he like, and so I would just try to emulate him and be like, okay, you know, this is how he, you know, he moves. This is that what the moves he makes. This is how he, he sees the floor. And uh, it, it was really fun watching that team. But then Steve Nash, like, I know he was still, like, 6'4", 
or you know six three. You're still like a taller, you know, relatively tall point guard, right. but. Um, he wasn't like athletically gifted. And so I kind of took that. I was like, wow, like, you know, your skill can really take you um, a long way. So I really try to like watch and break his, his game down. And then obviously Allen Iverson, like he was just electric, man, like a small guard, but like, could just like, you know, he was the franchise player, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, that's a little beyond my era AI, but I, I've always watched the highlights. Like those are the highlights are sick. I mean, when he's stepping over Tyron. Oh my god! Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, I couldn't imagine watching that live. I feel like that'd be so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, AI is great. Um, so like you talked about like, well, actually, like I kind of have a connection to Steve Nash, which is kind of cool. Well, he went to oh, really? he went to college out in uh, Santa Clara, which Santa is Clara. Literally, like twenty minutes from my house. And, oh wow. Um, and my history teacher in high school, his dad coached him. So, like, yeah, I oh, mean, wow. so it was kind of cool. Like, he would tell us stories about, like, how, like, you know, about Steve Nash and, like, coaching him in college and how his dad coached him in college and all that stuff. So, it was, it was wow. Cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And they beat, I think they beat Arizona in the NCAA tournament. Uh, they had, like, a crazy upset. They were, like, the 15 and they beat the second seeded Wildcats. So, you, yeah. That's I'm not surprised. I don't remember that. I, I was. I don't think I watched that. Yeah, game. that's that's beyond both of us, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So Steve Nash. Um. So like, how did your how did your parents kind of take this liking to basketball? Like, we're both brown. We we know how it is. You know, it's like doctor, engineer comes first. Yep. Was it something they kind of supported always? They were like, oh, go pursue your passion, or were like <laughs> they kind of pushing you? Like, you know, doctors make a lot of money. Like, yeah. What was that like? Well, they always saw it as like, like they were the ones that put me in like my first basketball league, my recreational basketball league. And they um like, so they never like inhibited me or prohibited me from playing, but they, um I think they saw the passion that I had for it. And they were like, listen, as long as you're getting the grades that you need, you know, you're being, you're not getting in trouble in school. And like, you know, like as long as those, those two boxes were checked, they were like, you can kind of do what else, whatever you want in your free time. So I was very fortunate, you know, to have them in, in that regard. And like, they would obviously take me to practices and like mm-hmm. tournaments on weekends and, and that sort of thing so um they were always supportive I think but they never like they were never like oh you should go practice or you should go do this it was just like I think they saw that I took that initiative on my own and right. how much love I had for it and so they um once they saw that um then they they maybe started to to push me a little bit where it kind of got tricky was like around my my junior senior year of high school when like I was like listen I'm not going to school unless I'm playing basketball it was kind of like my mentality mm-hmm. to them they're like why don't you just apply to school you know basketball's been great <laughs> you played in high school you know you did have a great career like you know at some point you have to you know think about what you want to do after basketball and I just wasn't hearing any of that mm-hmm. and so we kind of clashed a little bit with that and like my mom was actually really helpful in trying to like help me get recruited I mean I remember we put together like 25 different like packages to send to schools and coaches right. like know highlights like a letter recommendation from my coach like just like you know letter letter from me just like a whole package that we submitted 25 schools Mm -hmm. like didn't hear back from like any of them but she was like very helpful in that and so I think she just really wanted to support my passion which was which was really nice but again like if my grades were slipping that there would have never been a question like as long as that was you know going on and uh you know I was not getting in trouble then they were they were supportive yeah I mean that's good that you had kind of like that support it wasn't like completely anti or anything so that's exactly that's good that you know you had that um so like I I know you were talking about like junior senior year you kind of had that clash with your parents was that kind of like the first time where it clicked in your head like I want to play basketball on the highest level I think it was it was actually around like middle school I just remember like I played on some uh like travel teams and like you know, I wasn't the best on the team, but like, I just knew that I loved the game. And like, I, I was like, I don't know, maybe it was just like an inner, inner competitiveness. But I was like, I remember like just sitting there and like pondering to myself as like a sixth grader, like, how can I separate myself from the competition? Like, what can I do to like, just get better? Like, why am I not good? 
And uh, <laughs> um, I remember like watching like Steve Nash. Like, I remember he had a, this was like, I don't know if YouTube was like starting to blow up then, but like, I remember there was a, they, you know, all the NBA players have like their summer camps for like the elite high school players. Mm-hmm. And they did like a 10 minute video on like the Steve Nash point guard skills Academy. I remember he had like a quote in there and he was like asking the point guards, this is probably like the Kemba walkers, like all yeah. the guys, that were getting, you know, that were getting invited to those camps. But he was like, you know, what are you guys doing every single day to get better? Like, I, I, you know, this might sound weird, but I kind of asked myself, am I like pushing myself? Am I like almost going to the point where I'm like hurting myself every single day to get outside my comfort zone and get better? Right. And like, I was like, a, you know, a little sixer listening to this. I was like, wow, like that's the level of, you know, commitment and, you know, spirit that he has for getting better. It's like, that's what I want. So like, I think all these like pieces were just, you know, and I was like, yeah, it just made sense. Like this is so, I think that was when, you know, sixth grade, seventh grade, I was like, that's when I really wanted to, I was playing soccer too. So I was like, I'm just going to focus on basketball. I put that aside. I was like, this is my goal is to play division one basketball. And, uh, and that was probably around the time when I got really serious. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's for a lot of athletes. Like it starts early, like when they realize like, Oh crap, like this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like, you know, you just kind of know, um, like, you know, put in the work and that's, that's just what you love to do. Um, do you think, or like, I know you talked a lot about like how your mom helped you with those uh, like highlight tapes and mixtape hoop mixtapes, you know, the OG hoop mixtapes. Yeah. Um, so like, were there like a few mentors or advisors in your life that really like supported you like throughout your kind of basketball journey and like talk about them? Like, what was that? Absolutely. Yeah. And I would say like, as, as encouraging as my parents were, like, they just were, they just didn't know like, what is AAU basketball? What is basketball? Right. How do we like support? I think a lot of Indian parents actually go through that. Cause I've yeah. you know had folks reach out to me and like, Hey, like my, my son, my my daughter is very interested in basketball. I just don't know how to help them and guide them. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, can you, you know, so I think, you know, our parents, it's not something that a lot, of, a lot of them have grown up with. So I say that because there were like, you know, other teammates on my, you know, my you know travel teams that had parents that really like, you know, took an interest in me and said, Hey, like, we understand you love basketball. And like, they would help me in terms of like taking me to tournaments, like helping me with like the, you know, going to schools, whatever it is, um, you know, they, they took a, you know, a liking in me and, and really helped and supported like my parents and myself. But then also I had some really good coaches. I had an AAU coach that had just a huge imprint on like, you know, I was playing actually rec ball in like fifth grade. And like, he, he saw me at like a tournament. It was like, Hey, why don't you come join my team? Um, and he, he could tell, like, I just love basketball so much. I was just so like unrefined of a player. Like I was, yeah. but he could just tell the passion was there. And so he kind of took me in, um, his name's Bill Napolitano. And he, he was kind of like the, um, the driving force behind, like the behind, like when I kind of like took my game probably to the next level, when mm-hmm. I started to be competitive enough to make the high school team. And then, um, you know, think that I can play in college. Um, but he was, he just like, he had, he just was had, was such a selfless like caring guy and he he only he has such a love for the game growing up himself and he he saw that passion that I had in the game and and wanted to um, help steer me so without him I don't think I would have you know been able to play high school or college basketball for sure um, but yeah I, I had some really good you know coaches you know not just him but some others as well um, that you know it's not like I could have done this by myself um, you know I had a lot of support absolutely I mean like. I, I get you when you're saying like, you know, like any parents just like don't know what like the best way to support is because I right. mean, like I don't blame them, you know, they like yeah. immigrated to this country. It's like everything's all brand new and you like tell them I want to go play basketball. They're like, wait, what? Like, you know, yeah. like they're confused. So like I, I get why, you know, you need other definitely mentors and people to guide you through kind of like the more technical stuff when it comes to basketball, for sure. You're right. Yeah. Um, so like this is a very interesting question and something I've thought a lot about. Right. So. Indian American kids are like the biggest sports fans I've ever met in my life. Right. Like they, they love hoops. They like consume all NBA, all NFL content, but 
they don't play at the highest level. Like, why do you think this is like, why, how can we get more Brown guys and Brown girls like competing at the highest levels, like, you know, the NBA, WNBA? Yeah, it's a great question. I would say based on my experience for, I, I think we're trending in that direction. Honestly, I think um, you come to a, you come from a, you know, again, it goes, I think back to our parents, they don't, they, they don't, it's not necessarily something that they, they grew up with. So they don't maybe push it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they don't put us, put their children in, in situations that like, I know, you know, other parents that maybe, you know, they might put their children in athletics in a younger age or might guide them or steer them, um, which can sometimes be good and bad. Cause then, you know, as a child, if your parents suddenly do something, you kind of want to push back. But right. I think, I think you see that, I, you know, there's also, also that argument that like, oh, maybe genetically there's some, something out there, you know, why, you know, Indian folks mm-hmm. are not as athletic. I don't really necessarily agree with that. I think, um, first of all, there's like billions of of us right? I know right I think, literally I think we have some athletes in our you know yeah. Uh, but yeah I think a lot of it I think you'll, you're gonna see more of it uh I mean there, there's already um more Indian Americans playing college basketball than, than ever before um you know awesome. we don't have our we don't have our like Michael Jordan we don't have our Yao Ming yeah yet but I think um you know I think it's not long before we, we have uh you know you know an Indian player um, American Indian maybe even in the in the NBA that's gonna be amazing um, when that happens. Yeah, I think it's happening. I think I think it's just the environment that like there's no like and it's like it's like you go to India, but they like and there's there's folks that have a passion for basketball too out there, but like you don't have like the the like you know, I'm I bet like you and I, we probably have like four or five courts within like a five mile radius outdoor. Right. Yeah. Um, indoor courts. And like we have access to that, but not everyone mm-hmm. really has that. And like even me, I think I have a gym like right, you know, you know. 400 you know meters from my house and it's like if I didn't have that I don't know if I would have been, had the resources to um to you know improve my game as much as I loved it if I just, if I didn't have it it would have maybe you know not yeah. not been as easy so I think that's that's the thing but again I think you're going to start to see more and more Indian Americans or Indians yeah. um playing sports not just basketball mm-hmm. um, you know yeah. any Indian American like basketball players in the NCAA we should look out for like yeah so there's a there's a there's a few um i'm not i haven't kept in touch with some of the more recent um guys i do know that uh there's there's a guy um who, who i'm not i haven't met him but um his name is ryan ryan agarwal I think i've heard about him yeah, yeah he's like a big deal like he was on the espn's top 100 and stuff like, yeah yeah i don't know a lot about him i have a, a mentor of mine um that had was like hey you know you can check out this kid and he's he signed with stanford i'm actually heading out there um in a few months so i'll probably run into him yeah. um and actually, I just talked to to Coach Churgeon at Maryland, and he was like, um, you know, if you want me to put you in touch with a coach at Stanford, so you can go, you know, go to practice or a game or something, let me know. Because and I, I checked, and I was like, how does Coach Churgeon know him? And I know at that level, all of the, you know, Division One coaches know yeah. each other. But I think Coach Churgeon played at Kansas, and I think their coach, I'm forgetting his name, also, you know, went to Kansas. So I think they have that like Kansas alumni. Okay, um, for sure. But but yeah, no, your question to your original question, I, I don't know off the top of my head. Um, yeah outside of him a lot but I, I i know like in passing i've definitely heard of of other other folks yeah so. that's awesome dude ryan agarwal we, we gotta look out for this one he's coming to the bay too so yeah you know they're right here 15 minutes away um so hold on where was i oh, okay so in high school right we'll go back to uh when you're in high school uh you were one of the top players in your county right you won like all count ca- you got on the all county team i believe like all district mm-hmm. something like that and right. you were winning like numerous all county awards all these things but you got like and you mentioned this earlier you kind of got no offers or like no interest what was that experience like because that was like one of your first initial kind of setbacks yeah it, it was tough i mean 
I I think when you when you you know Howard County that you know where I'm from is like it's not necessarily known as a hotbed of basketball. Like <laughs> so, it's like even if you have success in Howard County, it's it's hard to get get looks. Um, I think it's especially like most of recruiting nowadays happens on the AAU circuit, right? It's not mm. really happening in high school. So um, all the looks I got were really from playing AAU basketball. Um, I was actually on a, on a the, the, the coach that I told you that had, Bill Napolitano. Yeah. Had, so we played on a team of like a bunch of like, you know, we were, we were kind of like the, the Spurs. We had like international, but like I was an Indian. We had like, you know, you know, Caucasian and we had like Asian, we had like yeah. all sorts of like na- ethnicities, nationalities um, right. on our team. We like teams would look at us when we go to these tournaments and be like, Oh, who are those guys? Like, war- like, you know, they would look at us on during- and warm ups and like laugh at us. And then like, we would beat them by 20. And so like <laughs> our, our, our last year of AAU was like 17 U AAU nationals. We went to um, Florida and we ended up placing um, third in the country, um, uh, you know, behind, I forgot. It was like, there's a couple, you know, I forgot who came in first, second and, uh, first and second, but we came in third, and our last game we beat. I remember Andre Drummond's team. Wow. Um, yeah, and the, and it was just and there was tons of coaches. And actually, after that tournament, uh, I, I started to get some Division One interest. Um, unfortunately, none of those kind of turned into to uh, to offers. Yeah. But that was actually how I when I got that interest. That's how I was able to convince my parents, like, hey, like you know, I have a chance. Like, let me go to prep school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not go to college right after I graduated, and then um, like, you know, again, those things fell through. But yeah. um, but yeah. So like what was so you I presume you've played against some NBA players and some like you know at the on the AAU circuit what was that like was like Andre Drummond as big as he is now like, oh my God. he's ginormous and not only <laughs> that I don't think people realize like how athletic he is like yeah. he can jump like out of the gym like he's you know he actually has handle like he he's he's <laughs> people don't realize that NBA players like the bigs are like very skilled they're just not they're not just mm-hmm. like you know like <laughs> like they're they're very good and athletic and yeah and I remember like. It just like it's it's I have a picture I I can't I don't know where it is but I have a picture of like him like he was doing like a, a gather dribble and so he like he, he kind of did like a, he was maybe like you know just a couple of inches off like at, like in the air and I was yeah. like on the ground and I literally was like at his kneecap <laughs> like it was just like he was so big um, and it's just that's the type of you know player that you you know you like you can play basketball in your backyard you can play at the gym but you don't find guys like that yeah. very often and so when you get an t- opportunity to play against them in AAU it really um, puts things in perspective but it's just so much fun to compete um, sure. at that level with those you know caliber players yeah you play against any other guys like uh, Andre Drummond or was it just uh yeah and I mean I, I, I mean I'm just um I'm blanking on I mean in terms of like bigs or like no, guards just like players in general yeah I mean we play played against like D'Angelo Russell I remember uh-huh. when he was at Ohio State and Aaron Kraft like those Ohio State teams we played yeah um who were the guys like, like I, I actually didn't play against Duke but you know uh, we, you know uh, the you know Quinn Cook uh right. those guys um I, I I there's like there's a ton of players I can't even remember although I will say I remember one of the toughest players that I had to guard was um, I, we played Shabazz Napier and and oh, Ryan Bolton, that, that UConn yeah. team. Yeah, yeah. And I remember that I only played like maybe like a minute or, or something that game, but I I guarded like Ryan Boatwright and I think switched on to Shabazz for a couple of possessions. Like <laughs> those guys were are are like legit. Yeah. I remember thinking like wow. But I also had the opportunity to like play against like Melo Trimble, you know, and like mm-hmm. there's like some you know NBA caliber guys like at practice every single day. Right. Um, and that kind of was I kind of treated practice like games too, and as an opportunity to to challenge them and get better and try to make them better. But, um, yeah. but yeah, it's just, it's just so fun to compete at that level. I think that's what I miss the most, honestly, mm-hmm. is like, you might play like one or two guys. If you go pick up that like play pickup that are like at, you know, maybe to somewhere to that level. But when you're playing like in college basketball and you're, are you playing, you know, at a Maryland type school, like all 10 players on the floor are like elite. 
And it's like, there's no weaknesses. Like, you know, there's that, a reason they're there. Like, <laughs> they were all the best players in their high school and their yeah. counties and their states. And it's mm-hmm. like to get all those players on the floor. It's, 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 it's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, but I, I, we're going to talk about Maryland later. Cause I'm yeah. sure you have some crazy stories there. Um, but after high school, you were mentioning, you kind of went off to this, uh, the post-grad prep school, which is something I, it's pretty unconventional. I haven't really heard of yeah. it. Um, so like kind of explain like what that experience was like at prep school and like how, you know, it was kind of one of the sort of like quote unquote last ways to try to get that D one scholarship. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's funny. It's definitely unconventional. It's a little bit more conventional for like hockey um, and especially in the new England area. Um, I know there are some prep schools out West, but um, it's very, very common in the Northeast for, for okay. hockey. But so I went and a lot of times it's a lot of, like, it'll be guys that um, are already have like offers, but they just, they couldn't qualify academically. So they'll do a post-grad year, okay. get their grades up and then go. Um, but other times it'll be like my case where, um, you know, you're just trying to get, give yourself another year to get, in, get another look. I was also younger. I had skipped a grade. So okay. I felt like that had, you know, helped convince my parents that, you know, you know, I wasn't like wasting a year of my life. Um, but I really thought like the prep schools, like I, I got the opportunity to play in like the number one league. I'm um, actually Andre Drummond was in that league, like Damian Lee, um, uh, Maurice Harkless. Yeah. Like we, I mean, we had so many NBA players in that league. It was, it was called the, um, the NEPSAC. Okay. Uh, like, and they were like, still in high school at the time, like. Yep, they were still in high school. Okay. Yep, okay. yep. Ricardo Lito, Georges Niang, like Wayne Selden. Like I remember, yeah. I mean, we played all those guys, and it was so. I we got my our team was probably in the bottom of the league, but I got mm-hmm. to start and play a lot of minutes against like these like super high level guys. But so it was a great opportunity to just improve my game and get get exposure. But um, it uh, it, it just yeah, it is an unconventional process. I, I kind of think of it as like a coming of age for me because like growing up, you know, I, it was I, so it was a boarding school. So okay. I went out. It was the first time leaving home, going to Massachusetts, and then like living on my own. It was like super strict curfew. Like they had like lights out by 10 p.m oh, you had to go. yeah i remember like in, in high school i would like go to bed like 1 2 a.m like i would do homework i was such a procrastinator yeah i do homework <laughs> until like 2 a.m and i wake up at you know 7 go to school it was be i was always like perpetually tired but like here it, was, it actually taught me a lot of discipline because like you know you have to go to bed at 10 you know so we'd have like you know the basketball team would have like workouts at like 5 a.m so you wake up and you have breakfast and you go to your class and you got to wear like a suit and like you know uniform yeah. and like, it was so very it was professional really, yeah. yeah and i learned a lot and it was it was a really small school i went to a school called Winchenden. Um, it was like 200 kids. And so, um, you know, growing up, I, you know, I was in a very competitive high school where like, there were so many smart people. I just felt like such a yeah, small I fish. Can relate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, I just felt so dumb, like in front of, you know, these kids were, but it was great also just to, to learn from them. But in this environment, like it, I felt like more of a bigger fish um, in a small pond. So it really just helped me um, like self-confidence. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and also again, another year to, to improve my game. And the only reason I was honestly able to convince my parents to do this is because I got, you know, interest um, from some schools, um, you know, actually like to Dartmouth and Brown, you know, after that, that, uh, that summer run that I told you were replaced yeah. third in the country, 17 UAU nationals, mm-hmm. they were like, Hey, like we want to recruit you, but you, you already graduated. It's too late, you know, go to prep school and we will, we'll pull you in and, you know, we'll recruit you. And so okay. literally, literally it was like, the, I forgot who it was from Brown. Um, and there's a couple of coaches from Dartmouth that were like calling me that summer saying like, Hey, you know, you should go to this prep school, go to this prep school. And so, you know, I, I went to find a prep school, I went there and then like, they kind of just stopped recruiting me. Um, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was, it was really tough, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's not, again, it's not, it wasn't as common for, uh, you know, for, for basketball, but definitely, for sure. you know, folks did it. Um, so. Yeah. 
that's that's kind of cool i've never really like heard of like the whole like going to like doing that other year i mean i the most common example i could think of is maybe like lamello ball he did like oh, kind yeah. of something similar but like it wasn't really like a post-grad type of thing but yeah i mean that's that's super cool and i'm sure like that builds character for sure i mean like oh, yeah. yeah um so i i was reading some articles about you and i found out that uh your sister's a john hopkins grad went to med school yeah doing super well for herself which is amazing um so like did you ever feel like you were in her shadow when you were trying to like pursue this dream of basketball and she was you know going to john hopkins and just like you know living the brown dream yeah um, yeah it's, yeah no it's a good question i actually never really thought of it like that i was almost like really happy she was so successful because it almost mm -hmm. like checked the box for my parents like they have a doctor in the family so i was free to like okay, i can do whatever i want then like a coast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so um no I, I, I never thought of it like that but it was like man like she had she really had her ducks in a row like she was she had like internship she was volunteering like her like i'm pretty sure like she got into every single like medical school she applied to and like she she was always one you know one of those like you know good yeah. students That's um awesome. and and i was just like dang like she really has her stuff together and i can't even like get like recruited to a college for basketball like yeah. what's going on like so but I, I was always you know really really happy for her but um I think uh my, my parents supported us both equally which was which was really really nice awesome. but now I was really happy that she and I was also living vicariously through her like when at Maryland I, I studied and we can talk about it but I studied physiology and neurobiology so I was pre-med um but then kind of decided ultimately to, to go a different direction and get into mm -hmm. business but um I always live vicariously through her and so I think it was actually a, a a benefit to have her a couple years older than me going okay. in this thing so yeah that's awesome younger siblings for the win Woo. yeah um, <laughs> uh that's cool that you kind of i think you had the right mentality when it came to like you know your sister just being happy for her and like kind of letting you know living vicariously like you were saying that's, that's yeah awesome. um so after prep school you ended up transferring to trinity college like you mentioned uh and this is division three i see i thought there was like four there's like four trinity colleges like i was, oh like, I was like trying yeah. to look like which one it was like i was like did Vernon go to ireland like <laughs> yeah. like did he like did he go to texas like i was confused but i found out it was connecticut yeah. Yeah. uh so at that point like what was what was your mood like what was the goal at trinity what were you trying to yeah do? no it, it was i'll tell you like when you're like for for like your whole childhood trying to recruit schools to to get to recruit you or trying to recruit schools to to get you give you a spot on the mm -hmm. team it was nice to finally go somewhere where like you actually were recruited, right? Yeah. Where the coaches wanted you to like, they were like actively pursued. So like, I, I was very fortunate, like even from high school, like a lot of, you know, there was a ton of division three schools that were recruiting me, um, which was, which is, which was awesome, but it really wasn't what I was looking for. Um, but at that, at that stage, you know, I was like, I think this is, this is the best option. Like I remember um, the coach there at the time, like he came to every single one of my games in prep school, like he even came the night of the Super Bowl on like a, you know, on that Sunday, mm -hmm. um, like drove like three hours to come watch us play in a tournament. And like, I was like, wow, this guy really is committed to, to, to me and committed to the program. And, right. and uh, it's nice to go somewhere where you're wanted you know, mm -hmm. after, you know, trying to get people to, to, to um, recruit you. So sure. that ended up being in, in the Trinity college, it's part of the, the Nest CAC and it's, um, it's a, it's a really good school. Um, it's a small liberal arts school. It's in the same league as like Williams, Amherst, like Middlebury, yeah. and, um, Tufts. And so it's like, a, it's, it's also, I think arguably the, the best division three basketball conference in the country. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so I, you know, I got to play against really good competition um, day in and day out. And so like that, that was a lot of uh, fun for me. Um, but the goal was, was really to, to go and, you know, just pursue my, like, you know, my, my, my passion for basketball. And, right. and uh, I knew I was going to get the opportunity to like, 
play a lot of minutes and um, and really contribute to that team. Um, and so that was great. I also knew it was a great school, uh, so it made it a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was kind of the thought process going there. And then and then I don't know if the follow up question is like what happened after that. It just yeah. um, it made and it was a great year, but it made sense uh, after that. Like financially, my sister was leaving school, so we weren't going to get as much aid. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Division three, there's no scholarships offered. No right. athletic scholarship offered. So it was going to, I felt like kind of at odds uh, trying to put my, you know, you know, how Indian parents are typically, you know, they'll, they'll finance your education, right? Yeah. They don't put on the burden of the, of this, of the kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt bad asking my parents to like, you know, pay that much money just for me to play basketball um, when I could go to Maryland for much cheaper. And I also wasn't like, there wasn't like a specific program at Trinity that I was like in love with academically. Okay. Um, so it wasn't like, I, I couldn't even justify in my head just to play basketball to ask my parents to pay that much money. It was a great school. Um, but then it just made sense to come back to Maryland. And that's kind of when, you know, everyone said my basketball career is like, you don't understand. Going back to <laughs> yeah. your it was like, I, it felt like Trinity was kind of like your last stop, right? It was yeah. like, oh, like it was good run, but the dream is over. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you do end up coming back to Maryland as a student. And like, at that point where you like, all right, I'm, I'm done. Like it's, it's over. No, I, I never, uh, I mean, that's what everyone told me, but I, I think yeah. I was just stupid and, or arrogant or ignorant. And I was just like, I'm until someone like literally shuts the door in my face and says, it's not possible. I'm going to keep trying. Yeah. Um, and I think that like dumb, like, I don't know, dumb, like, uh, you know, pers- I don't know that, 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 Naiveness that, that yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that actually helped me because I remember that summer, there's also a coach that I should have mentioned that really mentored me, um, you know, uh, Jeff, Jeff Reed. And he, he actually worked, he actually recruited me to go to a private school in high school um, that I never ended up going to, but he just, he was a really nice guy and really, mm-hmm. you know, you know, uh, took a liking of me and my passion for the game. He actually, he would come and like, we would work out, um, you know, like the, in like the hundred degree heat of Maryland suburbs yeah. summer, you know, out on outdoor courts. Like we would, he would put me through like drills, like offensive defense. Like I remember we were mm-hmm. doing like banded slides on the concrete, like work on my, cause I, you know, we talked and we're like, he was like, Hey, Varun, like I, you know, I, you know, I come back to Maryland, like you might, you know, you probably won't even have a shot of getting a, a tryout or even a look, but like, you know, I know you, you really want to, and I know you're going to put the effort in. So I'm, I'm willing to help you. But he was like, listen, like, you're not going to go to Maryland and be like, you know, the, the, the guy, you know, you're not yeah. going to go, you're not going to go put up shots. You're not going to be playing like Russell Westbrook. Right. Like you at Trinity, you maybe had more of a green light at Maryland. Like you might just be there to like pass the ball or you might just mm-hmm. be there to, you know, and I was like, well, what, what can I, how can I add value to that team? And I was like, I knew I can add value with um, one. This is my ability like to listen to the coach and like, you know, run plays and like basketball IQ, but then two, like being in better shape than everyone and like picking up full court, like being scrappy, diving on the floor for loose balls, right. taking charges. Like that was kind of my MO. And like, I knew that was how I was going to add value to the team. Mm-hmm. And so we would like, I made sure that I was in, in the best shape of my life going into, you know, that, that year, um, yeah. not even knowing if I was going to get a tryout. Like I didn't even know if they were going to look at me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, and like, you know, one minute they were like, coach was like, yeah, you know, we might, we might have a spot for you the next minute. They were like, no, sorry. Our roster's full. And it was just like a roller coaster, like emotionally. Right. Cause you were like, um, yes, maybe no. Yes. Yeah. And it was literally like, and I, and there's, I, mean, I have so many stories, but there was one time where like, they invited me to come play pickup with the teams like in the summer or not mm-hmm. in the summer. It was like in the fall, like an open um, gym type thing, open gym type of thing. And it was like yeah. just the players and me. And I show up like, half an hour early right mm-hmm. like to make sure like i'm you know i want to show that i'm interested right. and then they were an hour late and oh. and i and like no i didn't have anybody's number except for one coach and like he, i was like texting him calling like saying hey sorry like did i go to the wrong gym like you know apparently right. they were at they were at like some like uh like lift or they had some sort of like team event before and they, mm-hmm. it got delayed so and the whole time that i just that hour and a half it felt like eternity i was like yeah. man 
he stood like they stood me up man they don't even care about me they're yeah. like they're, they're you know i was just like man just like I, I just felt like an idiot i was sitting in that empty gym like so excited like i'm gonna get a chance to play with these you know these guys and i just right. like i almost just like like broke down in tears like this is it like yeah. you know and so then was that remember, kind of like your moment like where you were like this could either go one way or the other type thing yeah i was like i was like maybe it's just not in the cars i just remember feeling like that was one of my lowest lows like man this is like yeah it's like just like i because I, I was anticipating this moment i was this is what i was working for like mm-hmm. the entire summer my entire life and like i was so ready and then boom like there's not even anybody like they didn't even show up no one had the you know courtesy to tell me that you know right i thought, I thought it was over I, I don't know i thought you know that was the end and then yeah. luckily some guys showed up i was able to like you know i played like the they play like you know four or five games and then you you got to kind of get to sneak into a game because they're yeah. like who's this, who's this guy like you know we don't even know who he is we're not gonna like let him play so right. i remember waiting there for like you know five six games to go by and then finally like some guy got tired I'm like oh, I'll, I'll step in <laughs> like you were like all right let's go <laughs> yeah. um i remember like the first play like alex len who he's actually with the wizards now yeah yeah i tried to i do like this like you know we're like shimmy and then and it's my my favorite move one base i got by the, whoever was guarding me i was like yeah like you know my speed i got this i went up for a reverse layup and then alex len just pinned me <laughs> on the glass and i was like holy moly like this is a different like different level of basketball yeah this dude is tall too yeah yeah Yeah. so i just remember being uh but then you know even after that session i got to play i was really happy and then like i didn't hear from the coach for like three weeks and i was like Mm -hmm. man it's like they they probably all the players are probably like oh he sucked like we don't want him like yeah and and then there was like a bunch of things going on with the roster like you know someone was ineligible and then we had like a transfer des wells come in Mm -hmm. Um, who des is an awesome guy um but so they weren't even sure if they were gonna have a spot for me but the whole time i was like in the rec center like running sprints making sure i was in shape like right um, and doing this all like silently like none of my roommates wasn't even like no one knew that you were doing this this is what i wanted to bring up like how did you keep it secret like (laughs) what was that like you couldn't tell anyone like yeah what were you like how (laughs) yeah the only people that knew were my parents and like and that's it. I think it's like, and then coach, coach Reed, the guy that was yeah. helping me work out, like I was keeping him updated, but like, no one knew that I was like, I was working. I was doing that. And like my team, my, my roommates were like, you know, where are you going? Like for hours that I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm just going to the gym, you know, like, so the, and the reason I didn't homework. say anything, yeah, no, the reason I didn't say anything is because like, I didn't want to like be like, Oh, I'm playing with the Maryland basketball team. And then, and then like, right. just get cut. And then it's like, you know, and then I, everyone's I, like, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. was like, I don't want to like get hype myself up. And like, I was so excited on the inside, but I was like, until like I get like get to like you know officially make if I if I get to make a team then I'll say something. Right. Um, so it, it was funny in hindsight when like when I made a team I told my roommates they're like, bro, that's where you were going these last few like we had <laughs> we're going for like we were like where is he going like why is he yeah. going back all sweaty like what's going like, like, yeah. Um, but but yeah no I I kept, I kept a secret and I was just like. I was, it was almost like a dream. I was like, like, this is like, I'm like, we had like 6am like conditioning and I was like waking up excited to go to conditioning. Like, yeah, it was the most like, yeah. I'm, and also it was my first time getting exposed to like, mm-hmm. how like a big time basketball program. I was so impressed with like the locker room, like guys would have like, like the, the coaching staff, like the, the strength coaches would have like, like protein shakes for them. Like food on deck the amount of gear that those guys had yeah. like i was just like blown away by like the how much like money right. and non-basketball things were come, come i came with these baths and mm-hmm. also like you know the teams were like the guys were like celebrities on campus so i'm like you know like playing with these guys who like everyone else if my roommate saw them on on like you know on the on like on campus they'd be like oh my god that's like someone so and like i was like you know suiting up and playing against them and i was like wow this is like it, it was it was like a it was it was like surreal. they know who i am like <laughs> yeah 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 
Oh man, that's, that's crazy. So like, what was the, so there was obviously like, when did you kind of find out that you were like, okay, I'm going to make the team? Like, did they yeah. come in and tell you like, congratulations? Like, Yeah, it's really funny you say that. So it was almost like, well, I mean, the coaches have, have so much things going on. Like the last thing they, yeah. they have, like they, they, like, you know, they're not going to, you know, spend time with me. But I remember, uh, I kind of like, they, they were like, oh, like, like they told me literally I was, I was, I was got out of class at like 1 PM yeah. and I got a text from the coach, uh, one of the, or the director of basketball operations. And he was like, Hey, can you make practice at 3 PM? And like, I was like, practice. I was like, what? And this was like pre like preseason practice, right. you know, they, they would play, you know, you get like two hours a week. At this point you were just playing open gyms. Like... Yeah. I was just playing open gyms, running yeah. sprints. I had played pickup with the guys like once or twice, like yeah. one week and then no, no, I wouldn't hear from them. And then I got this random text saying like, you know, you know, can you be it? And I was like, yes i will be there yeah, I, yeah I sprinted home i got like you know i sprinted my room like got all my stuff and like went there i remember like he handed me like a maryland practice jersey oh, and i just remember wow. looking at it It was just, like a practice jersey, and it just said maryland across the chest and i was like this is unreal like this yeah. is like the, the best day of my life i was yeah. like i don't even know if i'll like can i take this home like i don't know if you're like <laughs> back but like this is awesome like for the rest of my life i'll be like yeah i practice with the you know and then you know i went through one practice and then like i kind of just like no one officially told me like to come back. I just kind of showed up the next day at the same time when they had mm-hmm. the same practice. And they and, didn't kick uh, you out. <laughs> they didn't kick me out. I think they wanted me to, but they didn't like, they didn't like officially, well, they were like, yeah. hey, I come. and then, and then after like three or four practices, they were like, oh, you know, uh, for, MP- I think per NCAA rules, we have to like, you have like a two week official two week trial where you can like, you can like practice with us. And then we have to make a decision whether you're on the team or not. And then, you, okay. can, you know, if you're not. so then like, they were like, okay, you know, can you sign this form? Whatever. I was like, yeah, sign whatever you want me to sign. So I signed it. And then like two days later, um, I got an email from the, like from the Maryland like athletic department saying the university of Maryland men's basketball team is requesting to add you to their roster. Please wow. fill out these. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, no. And I remember like being in my room, getting this email and like, just like yelling and screaming. Like <laughs> none of my roommates were home. And I called my mom. She didn't pick up. I called my dad. He didn't pick up. Oh, my sister and like nobody was there i was like no. i was like freaking out i was freaking out. i was like i need to tell someone and then i just like could not believe it, it that was probably like one of the best moments of, of yeah. my life and then the next day of practice at the end like we always do like a huddle like mm-hmm. you know you know at the end of practice and coach right. like, like oh by the way guys um varun's officially gonna be added to our team like you guys should congratulate and then everyone like gave me a you know a round of applause and i was like i just had like you know shivers i was like this is you know right. unreal I mean, because like, that's everything you've ever worked for. Right. And it just like, it came to fruition finally, which is just, yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. That's- I mean, not even, I never thought I would like, I mean, growing up watching like Juan Dixon and Steve Blake mm-hmm. and Chris Wilcox and those guys that won the national championship and like yeah. playing Duke. And like, I never thought that I would have a chance to play at Maryland. Like, you know, I, I, I like deep down, I was like, I could play at the division one level, like maybe like, you know, an Ivy league school. Like that's mm-hmm. what I thought, but never thought I'd be able to compete at, um, you know, at that next level. So like, Yes. Oh no, sorry to cut you off. No, no, that no, that was I was just it was it yeah. So it was, you say it's a dream come true, but even like more than a dream come true almost. Yeah. So you, I mean, because you're like the local like MD kid, like you watch yeah. these guys like when you're that's yeah. I mean, that's like yeah. the true Cinderella story. That's cool. <laughs> oh my god, it was awesome. Um yeah, and like so kind of like I was gonna ask you, like when you like were grinding like to try to make the roster, like who were kind of some of the players in the NBA? Like I know you talked about Kobe's work ethic earlier. Um who just or even in college that just like really inspired you to keep going and like were the guys on the team just really supportive of like you trying to make the roster yeah they they were really supportive I think you know they they were just like you know I think they respected like what how I like did things like I was like very vocal at practice like I you know I I try to win every single sprint I like you know was there early I was there late putting up shots like I think they respected like they saw my work ethic right away in the weight room you know I was I was you know I was I came in in shape like 
you know, so I think they really respected that and they were really nice. Like I thought I was going to get hazed or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And, and or they like, were just not, like going to shun you. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, honestly, some programs, that's the culture, you know, yeah. um, you know, the star players are, you know, they just, they kind of run the show. And, and I was very lucky, you know, that the guys that, um, you know, they that took me in with open arms. Um, and they honestly, like, I think they were just confused. They're like, I remember at one point, one of the guys was like, so like, what are you? I was like, <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? They're like, like, where are you from? Like, where are your parents? Like, I was like, oh, I'm Indian. <laughs> They're like, Indian. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit about that, right? I mean, you're like one of, you at the time you were one of like four or five players of Indian descent yeah. in the NCAA. Like, I'm sure a lot of people like looked at you like, he's not black. Like, you know, like, I'm sure there was like a lot of, you know, looks. So like, what was, what was that like? Like being kind of like, a quote-unquote trailblazer for like Indian Americans playing basketball uh it was it, it was awesome I mean I, I I look at it like I think I always had an underdog mentality mm-hmm. and um you know whether people judge me or not I just like I kind of I just kind of took it at you know had a chip on my shoulder and but you know it's really funny because I think in a way maybe it helped because you know people look at you and I'm undersized and also like Indian I don't look the part and then right. you know they and then they, they kind of maybe, you know, don't give you the benefit of the doubt. And then you, you know, you make that first move and then you go buy him or you make a nice play. And they're like, yeah. oh, they're like, it's so funny. I remember uh, at Maryland or even like in the AU game, like tournaments, like I would, you know, make a nice move. And, and then we're like, like, oh, dang. Like, I just remember hearing people like, I'll go right by him. Like, that was like my thing. Like, maybe I wasn't, I was, you know, pretty quick. So yeah. they would be like, um, you know, you make that first move and they'd be like, oh, I guess this guy's for real. Like, he's not, you know, he's not yeah. playing around. <laughs> like, that's it was really funny. I think we'd always ca- catch people by surprise, but um but yeah no I mean I think guys were just uh you know coaching staff players they were they weren't used to having you know someone of you know Asian Indian descent mm-hmm. um you know playing basketball um but um I think they were just curious like they would ask me questions they'd be like you know they'd be like yeah they aren't really like they, they were just curious like what what are you like tell us about your culture mm-hmm. uh, which was which was pretty cool I, I never felt like it was like negative energy that's awesome that's awesome so, I mean, I know you've talked about coach Turgeon a lot and like the coaching staff over at uh, UMD, like what have they, what did they mean to you when you were like playing for them, but just also like in general, cause I know that uh, from what I've read, like you really just love the coaching staff at Maryland. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have, I have so much, I owe them so much, right. They gave me a shot, right. Yeah. No one would give me a shot and they gave me a shot. Um, and, you know, I hope, hope I, you know, made them proud, but I, I really respected them as, as people. Um, I think at that level, when you're coaching, when there's like millions of dollars on the line and like, you know, you have, it's like, it's mm-hmm. very high, high stakes, high pressure situation. Like every game is like a must win. Right. Right. And um, the, the way that they handled that pressure and that stress um, and still like treated the players and treated, you know, treated us with respect. Um, I, I thought that was pretty cool. I'd heard stories from like other guys about, you know, how some, some of the cultures that, you know, some programs at that level are, are kind of toxic. Mm-hmm. Um and the way that they treated the players wasn't always, you know, right. But I, I really felt like, you know, the coaching staff, Coach Church, and then the guys he keeps around him were like, were class, class acts. And, um, you know, I think they, they did everything right. You know, you also hear about like, you know, the programs were like, you know, there's maybe some shady stuff going on. Yeah. With the team, but, yeah. Um, none of that. You know? None of that. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't sure what I was going to see. I was like, this yeah. is a different level of basketball. But like, you know, I think everybody, um, you know, did things the right way and, and took pride in it. And, I, and I, mm. it was really nice to see. And I think that's one thing that the players and myself really respected about. Yeah. I was going to ask you, so like you went, so you obviously had like the D3 experience. I feel like you've had the full college basketball experience. Yeah. So like kind of compare and contrast, like what was, what was like a D3 program versus like a really high funded division one program like Maryland? Oh it's literally, I we were our, <laughs> at Trinity, our coach literally 
we had a mini like a, a van and he literally drove us to games like it was like a like AAU. Yeah. like that was and then like you know we would get like nothing like our locker room was like bare but like we didn't even have a lot like we shared a locker room honestly with like all the other sports mm-hmm. teams like we and i mean that they say d3 is really just love of the game like yeah. you don't have any fans you don't have any money like you know like in, into the program you like you're getting it you know you're not getting scholarship like no one really cares on campus if you're a basketball player like you know what I'm saying it's like it's, yeah. it's like you're really just playing college basketball and like going through like the hard workouts and like the, because you love basketball right and so division three like I mean, division one is like you like you almost don't even need to like I, like there was guys that like I saw like you know in the, in the not even just our team but other teams are like I think like even if you don't love basketball, if you're really if you're good enough to make a team, like there's so many other things that you could love about being a basketball player at like a school like that. That just is very exciting. You like I I know there's you know a couple guys that didn't even love basketball. They just they were good. They were really talented. They were just very talented. Yeah. They were talented and gifted. They didn't love basketball, but they loved maybe some of the other things that can come with you know being a basketball player. You know at a school like Maryland, which is like mm-hmm. uh, that was like that was like uh, you know it's not, nothing I ever expected, but um, was was pretty cool as well. Yeah, because, like, I've seen the locker rooms for, like, D1 schools, and some of them are amazing. Like, I was like, wow, like, these are, like, pro-level. Like, it feels like you're in a pro-level, like, a type NBA-type team. Like, it's it's absolutely incredible. No, no, we would play tournaments in, like, at, like, Capital One Arena. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we played at the uh, United Airlines Center, um, mm-hmm. and, like, we literally were in the Bulls locker room. And I was like, this is really – I saw, like, Jordan's retired locker. I yeah. saw, like, Joe Noah's, like – I saw Derek Rose, like, all their stuff. And I was like – this is nice, but like honestly, our locker room is like maybe nicer. Like we have a lounge area. Like it's like it's it's wow. really nice. And yeah. like I mean, we have we had muscle milk on tap, Gatorade on tap, like water, snacks, like protein bars, yeah. like like just everything. It was literally like an oh like it was it's, it was like a dream. It was like it was like Disneyland. Like walking yeah. into that locker room. Yeah, because like uh, I don't know if you've seen the Last Chance You, uh, like the basketball edition. They released a kind of a a fifth season about basketball and it's talking have, kind of it's yeah. really good they talk about it's like juco basketball so it's like even less than d3 yeah so, and it's like their underfunded program and all this stuff it's great and like a lot of the stuff that you're saying about like trinity kind of just reminds me of like that show because they talk a lot about how like the, the coaches like drive the minivans to like <laughs> and the buses to the games and there's like two fans in the stands <laughs> and like it's just it's dead quiet and everyone's just like what are we doing like you know and like all the athletes throughout this whole thing just like question their like but all of their athletes just like love the game so so much and they're like the most passionate guys um and it's it's just really cool to see yeah 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 definitely recommend last chance you should check okay it out. yeah it's on my list like, I, yeah. I've, I've heard about it a couple times i gotta check it out yeah, yeah yeah so you were talking about uh earlier uh you play with some ballers at umd alex len mellow trimble being yeah. a couple like what were what was it like kind of practicing against these like nba high level overseas players who like just like what separates them from like the average basketball player yeah, it's a good question. Um, and I, I mean, that list goes on, like Jake Lehman, yeah. like Rashid Suleiman, Des Wells. I mean, those guys are like elite. And I would say really, um, you know, obviously skill is there. Like those are guys that I think, you know, a lot of it is, um, you know, their work ethic is 100% there. Like, don't get me wrong. But I think mm-hmm. there's a, there is a large like genetic component in terms of like those guys are bigger, longer, stronger, um, more coordinated and again a lot of that is hard work but there's also an element of like you know genetic you know you know gifts that they're that they're getting and then they, sure. they take that gifts and, and they, they take it to the next level which is great but I think at yeah. the division 
three level, you see guys that are very skilled, very talented, can shoot the you know crap out of the ball. You know, very you know very fundamentally sound, like very talented, but like they might not be. They might be like three or four inches shorter. You know, a little bit skinnier, maybe not as strong. Um, especially you know the bigs. That's the biggest difference between Division One and Three. The the guards are you know very like the elite guards in Division Three. Our division one guards like without even guards. They could probably they could probably start on many division one teams. Yeah. The bigs are at the division three level are good. They're just like six to nine inches shorter than the bigs in division one. That's like that's like the, the difference yeah. really is the big man. Um so yeah, it, it was just it was amazing. And honestly, there's it's funny because you, you realize when you very very soon when you play at that level when there's like 10 other division one high major players on the court or nine others and you like there's things that you can get away with like playing pickup or playing division three that you can't get away with division one. Like right. you have to like protect the ball at all times. Like those guys, like I remember like they're like those guys are so long that they could be like super far away from you. You think you're wide open, like you know, <laughs> you could probably like you know, you think you can take a dribble, you know, yeah. check the stands and then shoot it, and that's so open you think you are. They will block you in a second. Like they, they will close out like the gaps that you think are wide open, like will close much yeah. faster. Like you have to, you know, you can't just like make a pass with like, you know, through your chest. You have to like reach around them to make a pass. Like it's just like those little things that you can get away with, especially me being little. Mm-hmm. I think uh, is one thing that you learn very quickly. You can't just like throw a pass over the defense because they'll jump 30 feet in the air and, and, yeah. and, and collect it. So I mean, these are super athletes. Like yeah. <laughs> they, they got all the time. That's crazy. Man, I can't even imagine. Um, so I kind of wanted to talk about uh, a nonprofit that you did uh, back in Chennai. Uh, I was reading yeah. about it. It's called Hoops Creating Hope, I believe. Uh, so like, what does that meant to you to go back to India and as a basketball player and just in general, like being able to go back and kind of be like that guy for a lot of these kids? Yeah, it meant the world to me. And, and shout out to Sean J. Chandran. He, he kind of, he pulled me in. He found me and it was like, Hey, you know, would love to have you join. You know, this is our mission, and it was like right, right in line, right in line with my interest. Mm-hmm. The issue was the first time he reached out, it was like you know, summer like workouts and like classes, and I was like, I can't leave for the summer. You know, I need every single opportunity to like right. stay in shape and get in shape to be able to keep, compete at this level. And then I remember he was like, okay. And then I, I don't know if it was that same summer or the next summer, he reached out directly to our coaching staff. And like I also <laughs> had a place where like I didn't want to like ask my coach for like time off. It just yeah. felt, I felt like I was grateful to even you know be there and be with mm-hmm. so. And then he and then a coach like, Vroom, this is a no brainer. Like, go to India, do your thing. And like, I was like, wow. Like, and so they gave me two weeks to go to India. And and uh, it's it, it to your question, it, it meant the world. Like, you know, growing up, I've been to, I would go to India. My parents would take me to India, like you know, once every you know two three years. Right. Um, and it's it's a different different lifestyle. And and almost to to use basketball, you know, something that I'm very passionate about to give back to the community that my parents grew up in, um, and that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, it meant a lot. I think. I think there's like, I think basketball, like it transcends the game, right? The lessons you can learn, like I've seen it in my life. I still, you know, there's so much that, so much of my identity has been formed from being a basketball player. And I think, you know, from teamwork, hard work, discipline, like things that we, we had talked about earlier, like yeah. to be able to use that and, and, and teach these kids, like those same lessons through the, using basketball as a vehicle for change was, mm-hmm. um, it, it was just, it's so gratifying um, and rewarding. And it's, uh, it is really cool because they see you. And like, I think they're like, they look at me and they're like, oh, like they, they think they're like confused that someone that like looks like them right. is playing basketball, yeah. um, you know, and it's like they, you know, maybe they'll we'll see on TV and they'll see like guys that are like 6'10", like super athletic, whatever, and look mm-hmm. a little bit different. But um, and then they see someone like me and they're like, oh, maybe it's possible. Maybe I can, you know, play if yeah. I work hard. And so like that was really cool. Um, 
uh, to be able to give back. So were you just like teaching them kind of like basic fundamentals of basketball or you just like, you know, hanging out like, yeah. So it was, it was, uh, there was definitely a a focus on basketball and fundamentals, but Mm -hmm. honestly it was even more than that. Like we had like leadership uh, training sessions, like, um, you know, had like, we, we, we teach them about gender equity, um, about, you know, like doing the right thing, um, you know, right. you know, just like staying in school. Like we, we would encourage these things through basketball, like through like basketball conditioning or mm-hmm. we had like a classroom setting. Um, and we had a lot of the, the kids in our camps were um, were from like underprivileged, underserved communities. Right. Um, so, you know, some of them didn't even come to come to camp with shoes. Um, so even just going and like feeling the basketball for the first time, it's like it's not like we were the, the pur- purpose was never to go out there and like, you know, develop the next Michael Jordan. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know, it, it was really to go out there and just show them like, hey, like there's this beautiful game that you can learn so much from and and uh, and, and just kind of sh- share our passion for it with them, yeah. kind of uplifting them as well. So that was that was awesome. Yeah. And I think the cool part about basketball is that it's not necessarily like there's a lot of sports out there which require a lot of financial commitment. But with basketball, like if like you were saying, like with resources being like readily available in outdoor courts, all you really need is a ball and shoes, right? Like it's Absolutely. it's it's like so accessible to everybody. And I think it really just like kind of reduces and like once you hop on a basketball court, you get people from like all different walks of life, backgrounds, everything. So it's uh it's pretty cool to like and I think sports in general is just a great unifier in the world. And oh like my god, what you were it's doing. a common language. It's exactly. a common language. Right, one hundred percent. And this is what I argue to my friends. My friends like they see me like watch the Niners and the Warriors aggressively. <laughs> what are you doing? Like this is so useless. These players, like, dude, like everything in our world today, like in twenty twenty one, like everyone's so divisive over social media, politics, whatever. But I think the two great unifiers in the world are sports and music, and those are like the two things that bring people together. Like it doesn't matter if you can't speak their language. Like sports is almost like a universal language, which is super. Yeah. Cool. It's, it's incredible. And a hundred percent, I couldn't, I couldn't echo that even yeah. more. Yeah. And it's, it's awesome. Um, so now to transition back the biggest moment of your basketball career. Okay. I know this is, I, you probably knew this question was coming. Um, so you play at UMD for a few years, but there's one moment that you're famous for, and that is your game winning block in the NCAA tournament in the first or second round. Was it the first round? It was the first round. Okay. The first round against Valparaiso. Take me through the sequence of events. Give me the whole story, the dramatics, everything. Where was your head at? Everything. Give it the whole story that whole thing i mean the whole, just i think playing in the ncaa the ncaa tournament is just like inexperience and like it's just incredible like it, there i mean being in it is just is a whole nother just it like blows your mind like every second of the day is just like you're like i can't believe i'm here like from the second we right. got to the hotel like the hotel staff literally had like a, a line of like like they were like celebrating as we walked in like cheering for us and like they had like wow. candy they had like maryland like like theme, like sweets and like they have like good like goodie bags and like it's just like it's such like a show and so yeah. from the moment you step into the hotel like everything is about this like this the, the tournament it's like anything you do in a game like if I if that same play if I made that like six games earlier like in the, in the regular season like mm-hmm. it would have been like maybe a tenth of like you know the the notoriety you yeah. know of the, but like everything this is in the, the biggest stage in college basketball it's yeah so stage. it's just yeah. it's, it's amazing yeah so for that so and then that game like so that season I had been kind of in and out of the lineup, um, you know, which was, which is fine. It's just kind of how, how, how it works. And that game, I remember just being like, so, I mean, every game I was so involved with this game, like 
honestly, it didn't feel like I didn't play a minute that whole game because I was just like up and down, up and down, like Were jumping out, like on just the bench, so excited. just screaming, like oh my god, screaming! Yeah. Like I probably done like a thousand squats that game, <laughs> sitting up and down, like you know, cheering. Like I, I was yeah. warm. I was like you know, plyometrics, everything was done. Right. I was ready to go. And then I remember that moment. I think like someone fouled out. I forgot who it was. Um, and it was, uh, the, and they, th- those guys at the Valparaiso, like, I mean, they, they were shooting really well. They had just hit like mm-hmm. a couple threes. They clawed back in the game and they had one, they had one possession and, and, uh, someone on our team had fouled out and coach looks down to the bench <laughs> and, uh, like, so, like so many things were happening. Like I just didn't even, re- it wasn't like, right. I just feel like, yeah, he, he just looked down. It's like the he, sports movie moment. <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally he looks down he's like Varun. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I say that, but at the same time, like, it's like a moment, like this had happened in the past too, where like, you know, he'd need, yeah. you know, he, we, you know, want me to come in for a defensive, you know, possession or two. Right. So I, I mean, immediately I knew the drill, riffed off my warm up, checked in, like, didn't think twice about it. Like you don't even have a second to be nervous because yeah. like, just like you just react. Mm-hmm. Um, I checked in and just stepping onto the court was like, it's like, you really feel like it's a stage, like yeah. the light, the people, like, it's just, it's, it's really incredible. And it's like, right. um, I mean, and then after that, it's just kind of you go into autopilot and you, you do this. It's like you, it's the same reps you've been doing since you started, you know, in preseason. Like, this is how you guard. This is how you play. Yeah. And like, that's my MO. Like, you know, I pressure the ball. Um, you know, I try to wreak havoc defensively. And then, you know, just in- instincts took over. Mm-hmm. And the play just happened so fast. And the next thing I know, like, it was the rest of the whistle. The game's over. And, and I was like, oh, we won. <laughs> and I run over. Yeah. And, like, I, I jump up. And one of my teammates, John Graham, like, picks me up. And it's like, yeah. I didn't really realize the – like how big of a play it was until and like I got in the locker room and that's this is the funniest thing like yeah. so the NCAA tournament like as soon as you know your coach gives a speech whatever like you know 15 minutes and the media comes in and they announce it the coach is like okay the media is going to come in everyone go to your, your locker um and sit down and the media will come around so and did the and media they, just crowd and it's funny because they they walked right by Mello they walked right by Dez and like they came <laughs> right to me and like I was like in the back of the locker room like right and I was like what is going on? Like all the cameras <laughs> in my face are like, what is going on? Like this, I never wasn't used to this. It doesn't yeah. happen. Um, and that's kind of when I was like, oh, this, maybe this was like a, you know, a, a big deal. And then I remember like I had my, my phone uh, had blown up. Like it, was, <laughs> yeah. it, it literally, I, I, it died. I think that's how like, it, it had like <laughs> pretty probably like close to full charge. It, the phone died. But like when I picked up my phone yeah. after everything, like it, like I had to, you know, charge it, plug it in because it, it was like, it was blowing up like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, friends were like, oh, like, you know, this, and I was like, honestly, like, it, it just, it, it, it was, it, it was just like so much to take in in one moment. Um, right. But, but I was already thinking about like, all right, we moved on. What's the next game? Like, you know, how, you know, how can we help prepare yeah. the guys and the team? And how can we get ready for the next yeah. game, which is West I mean, Virginia. I'm sure your friends and family are going absolutely crazy. Like yeah. they were probably like, what like that's insane <laughs> oh my lord like yeah. i remember i went back and watched the replay of the of the highlight and i was just like oh my god i got goosebumps i was like wow i'm really gonna talk to this guy this is so cool <laughs> it was it was it was incredible and actually yeah. I, at one point i was i was trending on twitter which i was like i didn't even know that was a, like the a thing yeah you know and I, and, and that's so that's what my you know people were telling me and i was like wow this is like this is literally what like like i've been working for my entire mm-hmm. life and you were on like ESPN, like I, cause I remember like when it happened, I remember watching the block, the block live. And I remember seeing your last name on the Jersey was Rob. And I was like, <laughs> what? Cause I was a 14 year old kid at the time. And I was like, no way he's Indian. No way. And like, I remember just looking you up and it was like, yep, he's on the Maryland roster. I was like, wow, that's sick. <laughs> yeah. So that's cool. I mean, that's, you were at, like, that's the national stage. That's everything you could, you know, ever dream of. 
Yeah, it, it really was incredible. I mean, it just yeah. like, it's, uh, I mean, I just so fortunate. Again, I have so much like my teammates and like my coach for to trust me in that situation. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it just, it's, it's, it, it was awesome. It really just like, you can't, I mean, you can't, you can't really, you know, you can't plan that. <laughs> it's, yeah. You know? It's like a movie. Um, yeah. So like when you got back to campus, were you like the man of the hour was like, were you one of those campus celebrities, so to speak, that you were talking about? Like, was everyone like, Oh my God, there's the hero. No, no. And I mean, not everyone, but like it, it definitely, we also like, we didn't come back until, um, so we had lost you know you play your first two games so mm -hmm. we we played West Virginia like the, the day after the next yeah and uh, since we had lost I think if we had won it would have been a little bit bigger of a, of a deal but you know we lost so it was kind of we were all kind of really sad going back yeah. to campus so. yeah. um, but it did uh it did kind of like uh I, I I think the Brown community at Maryland really loved it yeah uh, I remember going back and like you know, all my, my friends were like um yeah like you know we, you know, we all know you're on the team but now like everybody knows you're on the team <laughs> 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 which is kind of funny yeah that is super funny i mean i'm sure the brown community ate it up I, because do you still get brown people like reach out to you and be like hey Varun, like i'm you know trying to like go d1 or like trying to play <laughs> basketball like do you get people to reach out to you on instagram or twitter or whatever yeah no for sure and like i i think about it i'm like wow man it just it it means a lot to me because i just i put myself in their shoes like i remember like this is before instagram and i was in their shoes and i was like mm -hmm. i wish there was someone that was like me that had done it that i could like learn from yeah. or take advice from and so um you know when folks reach out like i definitely want to want to help in any way i can and so it, it does happen even even you know uh you know now which is pretty yeah. cool i'm happy to help in any way i can mm -hmm. and i was gonna ask you five years in a worldwide pandemic later after the craziest play of your life like how how do you how do you reflect on it like with a lot of time passed yeah no it's definitely uh it's definitely to look back it's like you you appreciate it in the moment but you don't really appreciate it until like like now that, that i'm out of it it's like wow I, you know it's really cool that, that that happened in my life i'm very fortunate and you know i just try to you know take that as inspiration to like whatever i whatever i do next and um we didn't really talk about it but so i after you know after um maryland i went to i started uh, at deloitte consulting i've been in consulting strategy and m a mm -hmm. um uh, for like the last four four and a half years now i'll be starting at, i'll be going to come into the bay area and there's all this yeah. business school. and so i was super excited about that and honestly it's like i mean a lot of my story on my application was about my journey through basketball and, and how it's kind of like transcended into my career and like what i want to do what my mm -hmm. goals are but i think a lot of like the just it kind of it gave me you know hope that you know because for 90 percent of my basketball career like i was always under you know under no one really cared it was just like me trying to convince people that you know hey i'm I, i'm okay at this game like give me a shot and uh you know when i made the maryland basketball team and after that moment i think it like immediately just like validated me in other people's right. eyes which is like you know it's it's, it's nice but um you know it's nice because like the whole time you're trying to prove yourself and then now like people actually should give you a little bit of respect which is which is which is helpful and i mm -hmm. I, I i translate that now into like you know i'm you know, starting my career and it's like um i'm starting back at the bottom Right. And I'm right. just like grind, grind, grind. And like, it, it's nice to know that maybe, you know, something, you know, in a, a parallel fashion could happen in my career where I can make a, an impact on society. And, you know, that's going to be like, you know, how can I build up towards that? It's not going to happen, you know, overnight. It's going to take a yeah. lot of time. It's like that moment, you know, that was, you know, a couple of seconds, but there was years and years of work and background that went into pre preparation mm -hmm. for that moment. So for that's sure. the same mentality I've kind of taken into now to my career. That's awesome. And I wanted to kind of talk to you about some of the work that you've been up to, obviously after basketball and after everything and the crazy stuff in Maryland. 
Um, so you did some work last year, kind of during the height of the pandemic here in the States. Um, do you kind of want to talk about, uh, it was called, uh, I forget what it was, but connect basically, yeah. Connect for COVID. Do you want to talk about that and what you were, uh, are yeah. you still doing it or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So connect for COVID. Um, so a friend of mine, um, Raj saying him and his brother had, had started it, you know, Raj worked at Deloitte at the time and he, uh, um, we were talking and like, I mean, I think people were just kind of in shock, like this the whole pandemic and no one really knew what to do. But we saw like, we're like we were just wondering, like, how can we help? And one thing that they saw, um, I think on the news one night was that like, you know, folks were obviously with, you know, hospitals um, employing these like no visitor policies. Right. right? So they, um, you know, so folks like it was really sad. Folks were dying in isolation, like, you know, and a lot of times they didn't have smartphones or ways of communicating with their families. Mm -hmm. And this is like the moment of their life that they probably need to communicate with their families the most. They're, you know, sick and who knows right. what the what the next few, you know, days, hours, minutes will hold. And so. Um, you know, we saw this as they saw this as opportunity um, to, to, you know, maybe get get devices and and like they were like, well, we have extra devices, we can give it to them. So that's how it kind of started. And they kind of they had connections um, from from undergrad uh, with like medical students all across the country at these different hospitals. So they had reached out to them. They're like, hey, like if we're able to get these you know devices to um, to, to you guys, will you can you give them to your patients? Um, and uh, and that's kind of how it started. And then and and you know, I got involved very early and was like, hey, can I can I uh, you know, take this to DC. So I kind of led the DC branch of that. And I mean, we've raised, you know, you know, a lot of money, a lot of devices and we're able to donate it to hospitals. And um, since, so the height of that was probably um, August, uh, probably around the, you know, end of the summer. And right. since then, the hospitals, they've kind of gotten kind of, it, and the pandemic hasn't gotten better, but like they've kind of streamlined the process that they, mm -hmm. they you know started to get you know funding resources devices. So yeah. since then, um, it's slowed down a little bit, but it's really it's really interesting because now you know things are shooting up in India, and we're trying to figure right. out hey is there is there um, an impact that we can make in in India, mm -hmm. um, you know similar to what we were able to do here. Yeah, that's amazing, man. I mean, you, you're still continuing to like do amazing things like even outside of your basketball career with like this connect for COVID stuff. I mean, doing really important work with, uh, with elderly patients when it matters. So that's, that's amazing to hear. Um, and one last question, I know it's super cheesy and I bet you get it all the time. It's like, what are your advice to like the, uh, the young ballers out there, you know, who are being not looked at or, you know, or kind of undersized or don't have like the genetics of, you know, these super freaks. Uh, what's, what's your advice to them? I would say, um, yeah, I would say like, if you love it enough, um, you can create your own luck. And I think that that's kind of what happened with me. And like, I, I didn't take no for an answer. And there's no like, there's no waste in like, working so hard that like, like, there's nothing that bad that could come out of it. Like, maybe you may, you might not play at your dream school, you might, you might not, but like the lessons you learn and the character you build by, you know, in striving towards that goal, like that is a win in of itself. And that'll translate to success, whether it's in basketball, outside of basketball, um, I think throughout your life. And I think that's kind of what I've learned. And, you know, I would say like, don't be afraid to shoot for the stars, right? And this is corny. You don't be afraid to shoot for the stars. Yeah. You don't know, you know, what, what might happen. Like, I never thought I was going to play at Maryland. I wanted to play Division One basketball. Um, but I, I knew that I was working every single day towards a goal. And I think if I hadn't been doing that, I wouldn't have ended up at Maryland, right? Playing for, you know, right. playing in that moment. Um, so I would say, uh, and now is the best time to be, you know, like I, I didn't, I mean, I had YouTube, but I didn't have as much access to like, you know, mm -hmm. the, the, you know, the, the like learning how to learn about the game. Like, it's so easy to watch these NBA games, to watch college games, to, to like watch YouTube tutorials on how to, how to dribble, how to shoot, mm -hmm. how, you know, on Instagram, on social media. Like, it's so easy to, to, to learn to like, 
there's information overload almost right. and like take advantage of that like um you know don't expect others to to like teach you like go out and 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 have conversations and try to learn and try to emulate your best players and just like it's a process and yeah. like you know it trust the process right like joel and be like you really have right. to enjoy, <laughs> enjoy the grind yeah as um, you know again like that moment that ncaa moment moment was like like 10 seconds but like I, I loved each and every moment of like grinding every single day practice. Mm-hmm. Like you have to, you have to really love that. Um, yeah. and, and, uh, knowing that it's, you're, you're working towards a bigger goal, whether it's basketball or something else. So I would say, you know, don't, and it's going to be hard. Like it's going to be, there's going to be ups and downs. It's not going to be a linear journey. There's going to be ups and downs, but, um, just stay the course. And, and what can you do? Like back to what Steve Nash said, like, what can you do to like get outside your comfort zone and, and almost like, you know, it, for lack of a better term, like hurt yourself every single day to push yourself to that next level. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really easy to, to, you know, take, you know, weeks, months, you know, off um, and recovery is super important, but, but be very diligent about, you know, getting better every single day. Um, yeah. I think that's, you know, it's a, those little, little improvements every single day will, will get you to your goal. Yeah. Love how you brought it back full circle with the Steve Nash stuff at the yeah. beginning. You could be a podcaster yourself. <laughs> think about it. Um, but that's all I got for you, Varun. Thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast, taking some time out of your very busy day. So much appreciated, man. I appreciate it. Anuj. Thank yes. you. Great Thank question. You. This was a lot of fun. Hello again, everyone. I hope that interview was as inspiring and amazing as I thought it was. And you guys took something, you guys all took something a little different from Varn's story and his rise to reaching his goals as a Division I basketball player. I think the coolest part for the interview for me is that I left the interview believing that there are going to be a lot more basketball dreams for Asian American kids all over the country coming true. And that, to me, is the most exciting part. I'm going to be linking the Connect for COVID site down below that Varn was mentioning towards the end of the interview interview so that you all are able to keep up with some of the super cool stuff that he's up to now after basketball uh if you guys did like this interview again feel free to hit the like button and subscribe to the channel if you're on youtube if you're on spotify feel free to hit the follow button there more awesome content is coming your way so get excited for all the great stuff that's going to come tiktok page Ooh, i'm putting that out there let's see what happens anyway comment down below your favorite part and maybe a couple takeaways that you had let's get the comment section rolling i know it's been pretty dead the last couple episodes we're gonna try to pick that up now um but feel free to follow me on the socials instagram twitter that's all linked down below so feel free to go uh check those out as well and hit me with the follow so you can get updated on all the cool interviews that are coming up but also some of the short form content that i'm going to be working on and i got coming your way as well so anyway i hope you guys enjoyed this episode a lot um and until next time and until the next episode peace